Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are continuing our parenting series with an overview of parenting using the Enneagram. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is decaf coffee. Hmm. I just love that you can have coffee at night. And I think someone should probably keep a counter for how many times coffee in some form or fashion is my rose. I feel like it's gotta be like a solid 90% of the time. My thorn is y'all's a housing market. Lord have mercy. Like this housing market is bananas. My bud is being on an airplane tomorrow. Um, it just never gets old for me. I'm so excited. I hope it never gets old. Um, I hope I always feel this thrilled by floating in the sky. So <laughs> I wanted to create this episode as a way to lay the framework for the series. So I wanted to define parenting goals so that we're clear what perspective I'm speaking from and to talk about why the Enneagram can be helpful in parenting at all, along with set some intentions for the upcoming series. So first, I want to be clear that I come from an authoritative or gentle parenting approach. Research says over and over again that this approach fosters higher levels of confidence in children, along with decreased anxiety. It also shows that it fosters a stronger relationship between the parents and the children. So according to the research, this is our goal. So we're coming from that perspective. And as a reminder, this style of parenting prioritizes empathy, respect, understanding, and boundaries. So while gentle parents discipline their children, the goal is to teach the children rather than punish them for their behavior. So these actions help children better understand how they should behave while not exposing them to less favorable ways of speaking and acting. According to Allison Andrews at Child Development Partners in Boston, Massachusetts, when we show gentleness, especially during stressful times, we model frustration, tolerance, and we model flexibility. Staying calm and being gentle and firm sets the tone for positive growth and development. Meaning if my kid doesn't eat his vegetables at lunch, he's not going to get punished. Instead, I'm going to ask him why he didn't eat his vegetables, empathize with him, work on a game plan to do better the next day. The expectation remains that he eat his vegetables, but he's not bad or failing if he doesn't. And sometimes there are reasonable reasons why it may be difficult. So a real life example that we have is that exact thing happened. I asked my kiddo, hey, why aren't we eating our vegetables right now? And he described the situation to me. There were kids who were like trying to take his snacks that I would pack him so he would eat those first so that the kids wouldn't get to them and lunch would be over before he even realized it. And so I said, well, what's a possible solution? Should we prioritize starting with your fruits and vegetables? Should I pack you a second snack so you have some to share? And he came up with the solution of like, maybe just don't pack me a snack. I don't really need a snack at lunch and 
it creates a lot of stress. So we came up with a solution together. Instead of just spanking him or giving him a timeout or telling some, him something's wrong with him, we worked together to find a solution. So what are the common parameters for gentle parenting? First, gentle parenting respects the child as a human being. This sounds simple, but we don't go around punching our peers or slapping our peers, but we do believe it's okay to spank a child. Um, so therefore we're treating them as a less human than our peers, right? Um, we talk to children in ways that we would never talk to anyone else. We don't yell at people to tell them to be quiet, right? We talk to them kindly, we talk to them respectfully. So point one is gentle parenting respects the child as a human being. Two, gentle parenting validates feelings. Three, gentle parenting speaks with positive words, meaning instead of saying, don't touch that, I might say, hey, when we're at the grocery store, this is what we do instead. We keep our hands to ourselves or we let's look at this thing over here together. Number four, gentle parenting values a strong relationship with the child. You put that first and foremost. Number five, gentle parenting believes in natural consequences. Um, if you jump on the bed, you might fall and hurt yourself. And I don't want that to happen. So be mindful of that. Or even just say like, hey, let's get off the bed and come over here, do something else together. Um, gentle it's also, you know, the sense that we don't take away our kid's iPad because they got a bad grade in school. We might implement study time every day instead. So we're looking for a solution to the problem, not just a punishment to show them that they're doing something wrong. Finally, gentle parenting equips children with skills. You teach them how to self-regulate their emotions, how to um, do the things that they wanna do in the world. So the goal when we start to develop this practice is to know ourselves and our triggers, hello Enneagram, and to teach our children coping skills and to mirror healthy coping skills for them while building a safe relationship with them so they can grow in healthy behaviors with your loving support and guidance. Again, do not confuse gentle parenting with permissive parenting. As we talked about in Tuesday's episode, being kind and respectful doesn't mean that there are no limitations, boundaries, or consequences. They just make sense and we talk about them more. Now with that understanding in place, let's talk about why we're using the Enneagram in our parenting work and it might be different than you think. So often when we're in relationship to people, we start with learning their Enneagram and understanding them first. We focus solely on catering ourselves to their needs, but instead we should focus first on our growth. What are our coping mechanisms and how can we be healthier? Especially when it comes to parenting our children, they're learning more from what we do than from what we say. So healing our childhood wounds, managing our coping mechanisms, growing our compassion and patience are all great things for our kiddos to pick up on. That being said, there is so much beauty in understanding your type and the type of your child as you own the fears that you bring to the table while honoring the things that are going to be more difficult for them. So for example, type four children are going to want to be seen in their fullness of their emotions while type seven parents may struggle to let them experience their feelings. So knowing this about yourself can help you to be more patient and honoring that this is a priority for them can help you to make it a priority for you as well. 
The Enneagram offers better communication as well. So each Enneagram type has a communication style. Understanding how you communicate and how the people in your life communicate is going to help you find a shared language between the two of you. And knowing your stressors can help you to make the necessary arrangements to relieve your stress and prioritize your ease of being. It can also make you aware of your giftings, knowing when to tag in the other parent or phone a friend, but also when it's time for you to jump in and say, whoa, this is my area, I've got this. So as we're moving forward, we're going to enter into type-specific episodes. I'll cover just a type at a time and how each type shows up in the parenting role. And that is starting tomorrow with type two. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.